0: Joining us now, he is Twins' chief baseball officer. It is Derek Falvey. Derek, always great to catch up. I appreciate your time.
1: Likewise, Doogie, Great to great to catch up with you today.
0: What are you thinking when you're flying back last night from beautiful California? Although all those <laughs> all those wildfires are are a bit frightening, but you fly back and you fly back into a snowstorm.
1: Yeah, no, no question. I, uh, we left California. It was a little bit warmer than it is here. Uh, I got to my buy- my car, the parking lot there at the at the terminal, and uh, I had to warm up the seats. Let's put it that way. It was uh, a little different here, but i I like thinking about baseball because it keeps me uh, keeps me warm for the
0: spring. Did you accomplish a good amount there in Carlsbad? <laughs> It you know, felt like we did.
1: Uh, you know, obviously the, uh, there's always a, a view of what news comes out of there with respect to accomplishments. But I think what, what I've found the GM meetings to be really useful for in my career, uh, and certainly have over the last couple of years here is to really lay the groundwork for a lot of conversations. You know, you meet with different agents, with players, you get a sense for whether or not they have interest in your situation and environment. You learn a lot about uh, what they're looking for, just generally speaking um, and, and then have some preliminary conversations and then you know you meet with every other club you know you got a chance to really dig in deep to to learn about team needs rather than just presuming them from a distance, so you know to sit down and have conversations about you know, where teams are and where our team is. It was helpful on a, a lot of fronts and then lastly, you know to talk to major league baseball about ways we can continue to improve the product on the field you know we we talk about pace of game and we talk about ways mm-hmm. that we as a baseball operation can continue to to impact uh, the way we play the game and and, and certainly reflect fan sentiment. So uh, it was a great, great couple of days, uh, but excited to be back home.
0: On your team, on the needs front, are we talking first baseman, second baseman, starting rotation, and the bullpen?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, you've certainly identified a couple of areas. We know we need two infielders. You know, we've been thoughtful about uh, where guys, where guys slot. Now that could be some movement around our current infield. Uh, we're not ruling anything out at that point, but I think dude, you hit, you hit probably the two areas, uh, when we talk about our, our current, our current openings. Uh, and certainly when, you, when you think about pitching, whether it's rotation, bullpen or otherwise, I think we're always looking to add to that group. Uh, there, I would guess there won't be a year where I have a conversation in, uh, in the, in the fall and into the winter where we aren't talking about pitching. So th- those are the areas I would expect us to, to, to take a look at early on.
0: And is the beauty that you do have a good amount of financial flexibility? Well, it was something that I, you know, we talked
1: about even going back to last off season. We knew that uh, we had been set up uh, fairly well for the future around our commitments and and being uh, being flexible. So that affords us conversations and trades you know, that might prove interesting if uh, some guys with other teams are making some money and we think it's a good fit, uh, and certainly in free agency. So uh, we, our our goal here is to try and put the best team on the field and figure out how we do that in the most efficient way and build it so it could be more sustainable over time. And you have to be thoughtful about where you're investing that money. So we'll, we'll make sure that we, we open up all avenues this offseason.
0: Derek, when you say two infielders, but not necessarily a first baseman and a second baseman, I mean, specifically is, is that mean that you're open-minded to the potential of, you know, Jorge Polanco, for example, playing second base, not shortstop and the potential of Miguel Sano not playing third base, but playing first base.
1: I think that's that's exactly right. I mean, I think I w- we wouldn't rule anything out. You know, the reality is when when you go into an off season, the way we have it structured now, you know, Jorge uh, is our everyday shortstop, and, and Miguel, we have every expectation will be there at third. But it, you know, if the right opportunity presents, we never want to rule out something that could potentially allow us to shift a guy if we find the the perfect third base fit for us over over some period of time. Does that open up a conversation with Miguel on the other side? I would say those are things we're we're always thinking about.
0: And then on the bullpen, I mean, are you looking specifically for, you know, that traditional closer, that ninth-inning guy, or are you open-minded to, you know, getting a guy that, that certainly can get some outs in the seventh inning, eighth inning, and if you want him to, also the ninth inning?
1: I think we're all seeing across baseball that the the bullpen is being used, you know, so so differently than maybe it had in years past. and And, and we certainly want guys to be able to get – uh, some of the most important last nine outs of a game, at least. And right now, you know, as it stands, I think we have some internal candidates for that role, certainly. We saw down the stretch some guys, you know, guys like Trevor Hildenberger and Taylor Rogers and others that have pitched really well for us over the last couple of seasons. I think we have some young guys that still haven't quite gotten their, uh, gotten to prove themselves up here, uh, in the bullpen. But, you know, as we know each and every year, if you look at different pens, I think of Oakland this past year, I think the year prior, a number of those guys weren't uh, what they what they were able to do uh, this past season. So I, I have every expectation that we have some good arms in house uh, that will be here. But it would be likely, I would imagine, that we'll acquire from the outside as well.
0: Is your top priority, Derek? Before maybe you sign a free agent or execute a trade, finalizing your coaching staff well
1: it, it you have to run concurrently at this point <laughs> i think uh i wish i could say you do one and then the other uh but then we'd be we'd be behind so we're working through coaching staff decisions uh certainly interviews and otherwise uh, right now as we speak and and we'll continue to do so uh with Rocco and then at the same time have those di- have those conversations around players so i i have every expectation we're going to round out our staff here with a, a good group of people uh, that will that will really impact whichever players we acquire. So we're just going to have to stay nimble on both fronts.
0: On the pitching coach front, are you looking for a traditional pitching coach, or speaking of being open-minded, I mean, it seems like that position is evolving the last couple of years. It
1: it really is, Doogie. I I think that we are open-minded there. I, you know, we've we've thought a lot about what structures work. You know, when you when you look at baseball, one of the things that I I, I always I think about my my creative time. You know, as you look at other sports, you try and identify what are they doing in the NFL around coaching and development. While it's certainly a different sport, no question, so is the NBA or the NHL or others, I think we can learn from one another and how we we coach professional athletes. So I've looked at different types of structures around our staff, which responsibilities exist in different places, and we now use our bullpens differently, so how do we use the staff that's out there in the pen Know, nothing is off the table for us right now, so we've talked to some different people with different backgrounds uh, who have to be more of a scouting influence or or potentially more of a player development influence uh, that, that might impact us here at the major league level. So I would anticipate us uh, being pretty open-minded and creative with our group.
0: Derek, how do you guys feel about the, the, the opener strategy that was used by the team uh, this year? We saw Tampa Bay sort of utilize that that approach, and, and how, how did... What's your sort of takeaway and how how that was used over the course of the season?
1: You know, when I look at you look at Tampa, you just referenced them, and I think they were the team to really pioneer it and, and did it so effectively. I think you know, when they made some of the decisions they had to make around some of their trades earlier this year, there was a belief, you know, at least publicly, I'm sure internally, not so much for them, but there, that they had certainly downgraded their overall staff, but they found a way to put guys into positions to be really, really successful and effective. And I think ultimately. And when I think about pitching and defense, I just think about run prevention. You know, how do we prevent runs? That's the goal. Because then if we score more than they do, uh, this can be a simple game sometimes. So I think that that, that what they did and how they deployed it worked effectively. Now, what I would say is not every staff is set up perfectly for it. Uh, I think that not every pitcher is a perfect candidate to have that uh, conversation. For us in September, we used it with a couple of young guys just to see how it how it worked and certainly to adapt some ideas and you know for us when you look at the stats in those games they were they were certainly effective uh, I don't think it'll be something that uh, will go away in the short term I think it's something more teams will explore and you now the way I look at it and someone said this to me a long time ago there there was a belief at one point that a guy pitching one one inning at the end of a game was a, a rarity and something new uh, and that that became the closer and something we all know so I think the the game evolves. We all evolve with it and adapt. And I would anticipate there will be continued evolution in this game.
0: It's four eleven here on fifteen hundred ESPN, talking with Twins' chief baseball officer Derek Falvey. Derek, are you operating as if Joe Mauer will not be on your roster next year?
1: Uh, well, certainly we've had conversations with Joe just around his thoughts and, and future and otherwise. And you know he continues to um and have conversations internally with his family so uh we prepared you know just rationally you know and and the way we approach that is both ways you know to keep that in mind as we have those conversations but i do anticipate you know we'll certainly get to resolution here uh, in the near term and, and 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 joe will certainly be at a place you know soon where i'm sure he feels feels good about which direction he wants to head in 2019 and beyond
0: is november 20th the deadline to add guys to the 40-man roster
1: yeah, it's just, just about that date, I don't have it right on my calendar in front of me, but that, that, that's about the time when you have to make those final decisions to protect uh, for Rule 5. So we're getting, we're getting pretty close to making those final decisions on our roster.
0: All right, so how many tough decisions are there? I mean, heck, there's some easy ones. I mean, I guess Nick Gordon would be an easy one, although maybe not. But, but how many tough decisions in general are there?
1: Sure, it's a, it's a great question. Every year, I, I want to say that in every room, uh, it feels like there are more tough ones than you'd imagine going in. Just because, you know, you love your players, you know, you love, love making sure that you see young guys through to the big leagues. Uh, there's certainly a few to, few that we might feel are, are kind of close to no-brainers for us that we're just gonna go ahead and move forward with. But, uh, I, every year I feel like the, the reliever group's always the toughest one. You know, you got a few guys that might be on the cusp of being a major league guy and and you feel like in the Rule 5 draft a reliever could get selected and maybe stick on a roster for a year. So I would say that that's going to be the toughest group of players for us is the last couple of pitchers uh, that we add to the roster uh, going into next year.
0: Derek, do you view that, that next year can be closer to two years ago than this previous year that presumably the Indians are not going to retain all their free agents? Who knows? Maybe they end up losing all these guys. Cody Allen, Andrew Miller... You know, Brantley, mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson, but that there's that there's a window there that maybe the White Sox aren't quite ready to make a jump next year, the Royals, the Tigers, that that you guys can be closer to the team that won eighty five two years ago as opposed to what we saw this past year?
1: Sure, I, I think that's fair. You know, when when you look at when you look at our club, you know, certainly winning eighty five last year um was was a great step for our group. Now this year winning 78 when you say that out loud at the end of the year and you look up our roster and and the injuries we dealt with and some of the underperformance in different spots it doesn't feel like it was that far off of that team and i I think that certainly we feel like with continued health and performance and uh, a jumping back from our young core to to being what we we believe they can be uh, we do believe we can approximate that you know when you look at uh, certainly, we've mentioned, you know, at length some of the injuries and some of the guys that have have struggled this year. Uh, but we expect, you know, we shouldn't expect that level of, of of underperformance going into next year. So we'd we'd expect each of those guys to jump jump back to where they should be. And the trajectory of our team, we still feel is bright. You know, we we have a young core of players who we think are going to impact us here, and we need to find ways to. To add around it to supplement, but we also need to be open minded if we feel like there are ways to improve our club, you know, moving forward including that group. So we'll just we'll stay open minded, but we feel like this is a good roster.
0: I mean, presumably you need to jump up from eighty five, right? I mean, talk all you want about seventy eight, but eighty five two years ago. I mean, that's that's a rarity, right? I mean, you look at the yeah. Tampa Bay Rays this past year, Derek. Right, ninety wins, and they missed the playoffs by a handful of games. Right, that that eighty five was so rare to make the playoffs. Absolutely. You really need to target ninety at least, right?
1: Absolutely. That's that has to be our goal. I mean I think, you know, we never really think of it as an exact win number, but but I, I think you're right, do you the sentiment's there. Right? you know, we have to be to get into the playoffs most years you've got to be in those nineties and certainly to win divisions do. So uh it's a rarity to have that eighty five win season. That was a, a unique year. I think we were the last remaining team in the American league above five hundred at that point. So That got us into the playoffs, which we were fortunate about. But we do need to continue to improve and grow and develop uh, beyond where we were. We know we we aren't where we need to be today, so we need to find ways to enhance the group that we have internally and continue to grow uh, for the future.
0: I'll let you go after two more quickies on Rocco Baldelli, your new manager. Anything you now know about Rocco that maybe you didn't know even just a couple weeks ago?
1: Well, I can tell you this i you know his passion for every aspect of our organization is probably what i what i have learned i mean he is he has dug in deep uh, he's you know, he's back home and he's learning as much as he can about our young players about our our scouting group you know trying to get uh, run through the call list of uh, so many people in our organization so trying to introduce himself at least personally to so many so many staff members and players so uh, he's 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 just he's all in there's no question he loves everything they're trying to do and build here and i think he's a great partner for us moving forward
0: then on the health front you know whether it's you know alberto mejia michael pineda jason castro byron buxton i'm probably top my head leaving out a name or two but but how are some guys doing on the health front
1: yeah, it's, you know, as we just referenced, you know, tough year on a lot of fronts with a number of guys losing early. Jason Castro really ca- continues to get himself in a good place in the offseason. We feel he's going to have a normal offseason. It should be good to go come spring training. Um, Miguel Sano has fully recovered and is working out at our facility down in the Dominican. While he's back home, he continues to show real improvement. Um, guys like Eddie Rosario, who after dealing with his uh, strain at the end of the year is in a much better place. We expect a, a normal offseason from him. Now, certainly Byron's somebody who dealt with a lot of challenges this year, uh, up and down, mostly around health. And, you know, for him to, to really get that time now to, to, to get himself where he needs to be going into next spring, uh, he's also in a good place. So we feel like from a position player group, you know, that they're all in a, in a great place. Adalberto Mejia, who you referenced, is, is getting, uh, getting stronger uh, with where he needs to be with his arm. And we fully anticipate our, our plan was around Thanksgiving to really test out and full his throwing. And if everything should go well there, uh we expect we expect a continued normal off season, and uh, same to be said about Michael Pineda. You know, somebody who we are going to count on next year as as a big part of our pitching rotation, and uh, his knee is fully recovered in in a place where he should be uh, he should be good to go come spring. So so far, uh, no baseball games being played. I don't think we're going to have any injuries in the short term here. So <laughs> hopefully, we keep everyone on the right track going into Fort Myers.
0: Isn't the Arizona Fall League still going? You got some prospects down <laughs> there, don't you? That's true. It? That's true. That's true. I guess yeah, So I guess be careful. There. There's, some of our young players still have a chance to potentially uh, experience some injuries. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Do you have a bunch of guys playing winter ball like in the Dominican or somewhere else? Uh, we have some along the way. Uh, you know, Certainly some of our younger players like to get those additional at that. What
1: we're focused on for most of our major league guys and, and certainly near-term uh, twins and 40-man guys uh, to really get them uh, to put their, as you just mentioned, the injuries and otherwise get guys healthy. So in the short term here, our expectation is to have, Uh, A lot of work being done at Fort Myers, at camps, you know, some of it down in Dominican as well, and less of a focus on winter ball, but certainly we'll get some innings and at bats throughout the winter.
0: Derek, always appreciate the time. Have a wonderful weekend.
1: Thanks so much. You guys too.